Hello, my name is Joe Hogan. Many of you know me as Epic Grays in various video games and social media. Welcome to episode 210 of Geektitude, a geek culture podcast that celebrates the inner geek in all of us. I am joined once again by my wonderful co-host, Ray. How you doing, Ray? I'm doing good, Joe. How's it going? Much better. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's good. You sound better. I do. I, I feel better. Not not like 100%, but I am yeah. not feeling like, oh my God, I'm going to die. Nice. So that's good. Yeah, yeah, that's really good. Uh, have you had a chance? I know your semester started. Uh, have you had a chance to get some rest in when you're not um, at work? Um, A little bit. It's just been like, it's just so hard. I got no break after the vacation. So it's, and it's jumping into a completely new job. Right. So <laughs> for the second year in a row. For the second year in a row. Let me, <laughs> let me tell you about a little incident today. <laughs> We're Ray, we're not in Kansas anymore. <laughs> <laughs> uh, one of my students brought over two um, boxes and said, I found these in the locker room of my desk because in the stagecraft room, it's like, like kitchen islands, almost mm. like big, big wooden counters with like lockers underneath them. Uh-huh. And it's so that their crap isn't all over the place when they're using the tools. Well, apparently they were, you know, messing around looking at what was in the lockers, and there should be anything in the lockers. Uh, I haven't personally gone through all the lockers, but there shouldn't be anything in the lockers. <laughs> and he handed me two uh, marijuana vape cartridges. Nice. <laughs> so I was like, "Oh, good." So you know, I'm like, "Okay, thank you for letting me have these." I put them away where nobody would get them, and text- texted one of my senior teachers, going, "So, um, where exactly do I deposit?" <laughs> <laughs> Where do these go? <laughs> I wonder how long they've been there. Yeah, though that's the thing. It could have been there from last year. Somebody could have snuck them in today, and we're very right. disappointed tomorrow when they don't find them there. You know, like I have no clue. I have no clue. <laughs> were they empty? Oh no! Oh no! No no! These were brand new. Oh yeah, yeah. man! <laughs> Somebody forgot them there and are yeah. very bummed. Yes, or somebody somebody got locked down before they had a chance to recover them, and this is the first time they've been back Ooh. on campus and have not had a chance to get to them yet. Um, but uh, yeah, so so that was a new experience for me. This is you know, <laughs> different, different different batch of kids. Oh, I don't know about that, man. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying, high schools everywhere. Is all oh, yes, true. <laughs> but I feel like I feel like my previous population of kids. I would say 75% at least would have been too terrified to do something like that. Really? You think so? Oh, yeah. Well, you got to remember the the group post uh, new building was a lot different than the group pre- Oh, pre new building. We're getting into iPoly lore here. <laughs> yeah, because yeah. I, I was a substitute teacher at the at the high, the previous high school you worked at for years. Yes, yes, yes. And so, <laughs> so I really do think I do think that you know, yes, there were always students that would, and and there was a class in the new building that we were pretty sure were just like drugs everywhere. But um, <laughs> but I feel like for the majority of them, like if that if they found it, first of all, they wouldn't know what it was. Second of all, they would they were they were a lot more sheltered than these kids are. Got it, got it. Oh man, your classes, your class might be the trap class, uh, Joe. I don't want to tell you. 
it, it, it is. It is. <laughs> I've got the kids that they're like, well, where else are we going to put them? <laughs> they put them in my class. That's great. Uh, uh, yeah, gosh, I remember that stuff was everywhere uh, growing up. And I, I, I remember that feeling in high school of like, I was very uh, sheltered, as you as you say, as you described. Um, right. And you know, I was I was so worried about uh, getting good grades and about uh, not getting on my teacher's bad sides and that sort of thing. You know, always being perceived as a good student. And I'll never forget it was maybe my first semester of high school. Uh, you know, you, you go into high school, and usually with you're with the same batch of students, unless more or less. Unless it's PE or elective, that's where you kind of get right. like a mishmash of, you know, different, um, different students, different grade levels, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. And uh, it must have been my first semester of high school. And I still had this very sheltered mentality of like trying to be the good student. And I was in my art class, which, of course, I took art class like every semester that I could. Right. <laughs> there, was, there was a couple of senior kids like at the table behind me, literally like smoking out like during class. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like, oh, <laughs> uh, may- maybe I shouldn't be as worried as I am <laughs> about my performance. <laughs> They're not worried about me. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Uh, th- and, and even looking at the students behind me going, they're not that worried, <laughs> you know, like maybe I'm, maybe I'm being a little too, uh, a little too paranoid here. <laughs> so maybe, maybe it was just the contact high. Maybe that's why I was so paranoid. <laughs> <laughs> There's nothing to worry about. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. I, I oh, think man. I told you like, like for me, I, that's why I took so many AP classes in school was so that I didn't have to take classes with kids that scared me. <laughs> But, but the, the great e- the great equalizer was religion class. Ooh, religion! Because I went, yeah. Well, because it was it was an all boys Catholic school, and oh, so shit. yeah. So we we did a like <laughs> I had the same three teachers for or the same teacher for for religion freshman sophomore and junior year, and the kids would always kind of like like try and like cheat off my paper and everything because they were like, dude, you've got, how do you have such a good grade? I would have such a good grade by the end of the, <laughs> the semester that I never, I'd never took a final because I could f- completely fail the final and I was still had an A. Right. And, and they're like, oh, like, how do you do so well? And I'm like, it's religion class. Literally every answer is Jesus. Like, I don't know, <laughs> I don't know how you were getting these wrong. Um, the only year that that did not happen was actually the year that the class was awful because um, when you were a senior, most got out after fourth block. If you really had a bad schedule, you got out at fifth block. Mm. And I was in a religion class with all the kids who had AP classes for the other blocks, and this is the only place they could put religion, <laughs> and you had to have that fourth year of religion to graduate. Oh. <laughs> so so it's it's all, all the AP kids, like the, the all the smart kids, the kids who never get into trouble, and we're all bitter and angry because we can't have we can't get off campus at fourth block because we have a fifth and sixth block so that we can take religion sixth block so literally ray for the first like 
after maybe the first week, we all realized none of us want to be there. None of us are getting anything out of the class. So the teacher would take roll and then everybody would take out their cards and their dominoes (laughs) and there's magic going on and, you know, everybody's doing their thing. And the teacher would try and get us on track and we're like, yeah, 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 whatever. And so then he's like, you know what? You have to take this quiz. I'm passing this quiz out. So he passes the quiz out, and literally one kid was like, number one, and somebody shouts out the answer. Oh, number two, shit. somebody shouts out. And these are the AP kids. The teacher was beside himself, couldn't get us to do anything, calls the principal. The principal walks in, looks at who it is that's in the class, and he's like, Oh, just let them play them. <laughs> just play them. Let them just play cards and dominoes. They're fine. They've, they've seen behind the curtain. We can't do anything about it. <laughs> yeah, there's nothing else you're going to be able to do with them. Just yeah. make sure they don't burn the place down. You're fine. I mean, that's yeah. You know that that that's kind of uh, I think the approach sometimes that administration takes to any students that are kind of like over it or just you mm-hmm. know not not just AP students, which my AP classes certainly got into our fair amount of trouble. <laughs> where we were like kicked out, of, <laughs> kicked out of class as an as an entire group for not turning in our homework and stuff. But it was just, you know, like you're describing, we were just over it. We just thought, yeah, you yeah. know what, we, 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 we're, we're done. We're ready for high school to be over, you know? And then especially too, I think when you start to, it starts to dawn on you that it's like, oh, we're not the smart kids. We're just the kids that are the best at jumping through the hoops yeah, <laughs> that, yeah. That this school system is sort of putting in front of us. You know what I mean? And those kids over there are not the unsmart kids. They're just the kids that maybe, you know, learn differently. And unfortunately, our school system isn't really set up to help or engage those students. Right. Yeah. Yeah, I'm a little worried though, Ray, because I know I know how I was with education, and I know that there's some of our listeners right now that are going, "What? What do you mean? I'm not the smart kid?" <laughs> right, the Lisa Simpsons. Evaluate me. I'm doing good. I think you just broke a couple of our listeners inadvertently. Whoops! Not again. God damn it! Oh man, this is great to to know though that you're back on. You know, for better or worse, uh, you are in your classroom and able to engage with your students again. Mm-hmm. I'm just hoping that it's you know everyone can stay as safe as possible. Basically. We're trying. We're trying. The number of times I have to tell the kid, oh, my God, pull the mask up over your nose, dude. Like, oh, I know shit. it's uncomfortable. I've got it. I get it. I get, rebel against the, the man some other way. Right, this right. This is not the one to choose. Yeah, this is endangering your life, bro. <laughs> yeah. And, I mean, they're, like, and they're doing the regular, like, we know you're new on this campus. Let's see what we can get away with stuff. And... It's like, just because I'm new to this school does not mean I'm new to the rodeo, my friends. Right. Like, I know what you're doing. And if you're getting away with it, it's because I'm choosing to let you get away with it. Ooh, that do you feel like it's kind of um, forcing you to, to, I don't want to say be on your toes, because I feel like I know you as a teacher, like you're always on your toes. But like, is it forcing you to sort of like re-engage with being, or use some tools that you haven't had to use since early in your in your teaching career? Yeah, because they circle. <laughs> like, like they are definitely, like, they, they get antsy, and so they move around. And they're not going to do anything. They're not bad kids. Like, yeah. I don't want to ever make them out to be, like, bad kids. They're not. They're just, like, you know, this is most of them. I, I asked my first day of school, all right, how many people are excited to be part of Theater One? Like, are you, are you like, how many people signed up? Knowing that a lot of people didn't. 
right. three kids, Ray. Three kids in my theater, one class, want to be there. Right, right. Out of a class of 40. <laughs> wow. <laughs> so I get it. Like, you know, they're bored. They want to talk to their friend. They want to they yeah. do something. Like, the best lesson I've had so far is, hey, we're going to go into the theater and I'm going to take you up to the catwalk where the lights are. Isn't this cool? Ooh. All right, this is cool. And people are like, ooh, this is fun. Like, that's been my best lesson so far. So that's awesome. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, that's the kind of stuff, like me today, trying to get them to look up the, the salaries of theater um, theater jobs. Yeah. Uh, you know, some of them thought it was great. Some of them were like, why are we doing this? I'm never going to do this as a job. I'm like, well, you don't do that yet. Yeah, yeah. For sure. <laughs> I have not worked my magic yet. <laughs> that's so cool to know that your magic will be worked, though. Like, I'm, like, excited for these students. They don't know what's what's about to hit them when they don't know that the theater bug is about to fucking bite them in a major way. Well, I've already had a couple kids come up and go, can, can I, can I work in the booth when you do a show? Just because we've, just because we've went into the booth. <laughs> They're like, this place is cool. I want to hang out here. That's great. How many, how many days is this your first week? Well, last week. I have, I, I have, this is my fourth day. Wow. Fourth day with students. Holy shit. Yeah. Are you, do you feel like you're going to give it, given the, the context here, the pandemic context, ongoing pandemic context, uh, do you feel like you are going to get to do the class that you would be doing otherwise? Um, I'm trying. I think, honestly, one of my biggest things is I can't tell the kids apart because they're all wearing masks. Oh, shit. Like, you know how hard it is to try and figure out who a kid is? Like, it's hard enough when they... You know, I, I realized very early on in my career that somehow a big identifier for me, for a person's face, is their hair. Yeah. But when that's all you have... <laughs> <laughs> I was like... Like, I look at Oscar, and Oscar has kind of like this, like haircut that comes straight out and 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 ends at his um it's longer but it ends at his ears like this is awesome i will tell oscar by his haircut yeah damn it richard has the exact same haircut (laughs) (laughs) this is not gonna go well yeah holy shit so you know i'm trying and then of course you know you they're 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 not theater kids or they're brand new theater kids right. so they don't project they don't speak clearly oh, <laughs> they all yeah. well, now they have a mask on <laughs> like I, there's sometimes i've just like dude i i just i don't know what you're saying like i i you've said it through me three times i have guessed it three times i have guessed wrong all three times write it down spell something out for me but yeah. like i have no idea what you're saying <laughs> project motherfucker yeah <laughs> <laughs> I need, I need to make that a sign in my <laughs> No, don't do that, Joe. <laughs> oh my god, someone's gotta someone's gotta make a needle pointer uh what uh-huh. um so okay, I am so excited for, I know it's it's probably a crazy challenge. Like I can't even imagine being a substitute teacher in this environment. Oh, I don't even know I don't even know how to deal with substitutes in this situation. Like I don't even know what like if I was a substitute and I walked into a scene shop, yeah, hell no. Yeah. <laughs> like, like I'm constantly looking around, going, "Oh God, somebody's going to trip on some." The the <laughs> the scene shop is built with the power cord, like the the plugs mm-hmm. for the the things. They dangle in the center of the table, so they are hanging from the ceiling, wow. and they dangle down to the center of the table. Wow. Now. You and I 
have been teenagers. What is the <laughs> first thing you're going to do you're with gonna... this giant metal plug <laughs> that is hanging from the ceiling? You're going to bat that fucking thing so that it goes back and forth. <laughs> you're going to swing it back and forth and see yeah. if you can hit, hit your friend across the table with the, with the plug. So I am constantly reaching over people and grabbing the plugs and going, no. <laughs> like, that is a good portion of my day. <laughs> wow, man. <laughs> so i mean just like a substitute coming into this it's like i hope whoever lets him into the room just goes like <laughs> may, may the odds be ever in your favor God, right, <laughs> just walk right. Away. and what's hilarious dude is and you know of course this is how we met right is right. that 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 for some fucking reason that gets like my juices flowing like i'm mm-hmm. like oh man i would love to that child would love that challenge. Oh, you would, you would love these kids, Ray. You would love this. Like you would oh, love man. stepping at this place. Oh. They are, they're funny without trying. Like they're, they think they're being funny, but they're being funny for completely different reasons. Yeah, they're kids. They're teenagers. <laughs> they're yes. yes, they're just ridiculous. That's they're great. Just ridiculous. Oh man, I miss being in the classroom. I have been. I have been. Saying to to anybody who who is interested in art, because I did ask last week, you know, what people's hobbies were and stuff. I was like, I got a friend. He's got connections. Cool. <laughs> talk to me. Cool. Yeah, that's great. I know that the the presentation that I give um, goes a long way towards snaring students' interest. You know, it's like students are sitting in an art class. And like, like you said, like it's an elective, most of them don't want to be there. They're not on track to be professional artists, anything like that. And right. so I go into the room now and, as my job and I have to give this presentation and try to get their interest. And our whole video and audio presentation is designed for that. So it's clips of like animated sequences, like blizzard, you know, games, like game design, like care 3d characters being created. It's like all this stuff. And it's, it's edited in such a way to, you know, compete with their low attention spans. Right. <laughs> and so it's all, by the time I'm done giving that 17 minute presentation and I go, are there any questions? I have questions from the whole classroom because you know what I mean? Like I've, right, I've right. hooked them, you know? So it's, I can really uh, appreciate the the work that you're putting in now because it's for you it's like a never-ending presentation right right and then eventually they will see themselves in the work and they will see themselves having interest in like oh this is a job or like oh i can i like working with my hands there's a there's a career for me in theater or you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's it's yeah it's pretty amazing what's like i said what's about to happen in their lives it's pretty fucking cool yeah, the whole the whole first week is like these are all the different things that you can do with. I, I told I told them today. I said, you know, they're like, what a a, a theater um, master electrician can make up to seventy thousand dollars a year, and I was like, yeah. And so, you know, we start talking about what you can do in theater and what the jobs are, and I was like, and the whole reason why you're taking this class is no, I'm not going to teach you enough for you to just like leave here and start making $70,000. I'm like, I'm good. I'm not that good. But um, (laughs) I said, you know, I said, this is, this is a survey course. I'm going to throw everything at you and you're going to like some of it. You're going to hate some of it and go, God, no, I never want to do that. But this is, this is your opportunity to see is any of these things, are any of these things for you? And then once you've, you've, done it like you could like 
all of them. You could like none of them. You can pick and choose. But at least now you have an experience and you can go, okay, Mr. Hogan, how do I pursue X? Right. It's like a taster course. It's like you get to try every little thing, you know, a little bit. It's like, you know, when you you buy like a whole set of joints of different types of weed, right? And then you try each (laughs) one and then, you know, you buy an eighth of the one that you actually really like. Like, I get it, Joe. Totally. I think the way you're selling this is totally appropriate. Right back around. Um, I couldn't help myself. God damn it. Um, have you, God, you must be exhausted because I, me just leaving the house, you know, like after a year of quarantine, like just being out again, the tiniest little interactions, I get home and I'm ready to be home again for a week. Uh, you are in a fucking classroom every day. Uh, it's been four days now. How are you, how are you adjusting to this level of like energy output? Well, I've got to say the last the last class of the day is my advanced students who actually want to be there. Like you don't take theater two and three if you're not actually interested in theater. Mm-hmm. Um, you you get the hell out of theater if you don't want to be in theater anymore at that point. Yeah. So I've it's like a small class. There's like 14 kids in it, and they all want to be there. And so like I went, I did, I did some some theater games with the theater one kids and like two thirds of the kids participated. I had some just flat out, just go back and sit down and be like, Nope. (laughs) So, so I start doing these theater games full out with the the advanced kids because I'm like, you know, they haven't had theater for two years and they've never had theater with me. So I'm teaching games. They don't know. I thought I was going to pass out. <laughs> I have never, for anybody who has ever seen one of my theater classes, I have never been so winded after counting out oh, shit. in my entire life. Like, I just looked at them like cross eyed, going, I'm out of shape. <laughs> like, uh, I should be able to count to eight without needing to gasp for air. Yeah. Holy crap. I bet. Yeah. I, I, so, when you, when you, oh, go ahead. No, no, go ahead. When you get home, are you able to have any energy for any geeky stuff? Um, the geeky stuff I've been doing has mostly been editing for um, as the dice roll. Oh god! Like that's that's what I've been doing. Um, I I I had done just enough to get me through the vacation with minimal editing on vacation. Although I did edit on vacation, mm-hmm. um, and so that's kind of what I've been like. After we finish and I edit this, I'm probably gonna have to edit another. <laughs> I've got a show going out tomorrow. Wow. So, uh, but I did get a little bit of time yesterday. I'm going to be doing a, a playing in a benefit RPG on the 21st of August. So I'll tell people that in the chat outs later. Yeah. But I, I'm like, you know, I'm starting to build characters for that. And that's kind of fun. That's fun and geeky. That's not work. Sure. Uh, sure. So, yeah. So that's, that's the little geeking out Ooh. I've been able to do has mostly been. <laughs> Getting getting um, some role play characters rolled up and sketched out. Hey man, sometimes what we end up geeking about weekly is the thing, the main thing that we do. It sounds like you're geeking out about being a professional theater teacher. <laughs> yeah, that's that's all I simply have time for. <laughs> to, thank, thank God, but I mean that that's always the dream, right? Is to get a job doing something you absolutely love. Yeah. And so, I mean, at the very least, even if these kids are driving me nuts because they're antsy and they're jumping over the place and they don't care about what I'm teaching and they're, you know, on their phones and all that stuff, yeah. I still get to teach what I love. So, sure. Absolutely. You're geeking out every day. That's why we do. That's why we pursue the careers that we're passionate about, right? 
Exactly. Um, How about you? What have you been up to? Um, you know, I, I've also been sort of, I haven't had a lot of time to geek out on sort of like the, the little things that bring me joy, but, um, I've been spending a lot of time at home. So, you know, this, this never ending pandemic is like a roller coaster ride because, you know, I feel like we got what, like maybe like a two month, maybe 60 day sigh of relief post vaccination, mm-hmm. pre variant side, sigh of relief. Right. 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 Um, and you know, it, I think that that kind of carried over into like some cautious optimism in terms of like, okay, there's still people that are getting sick and COVID is out there, but you know, it's, it's largely a pandemic of the, of the unvaccinated, you know, even though, even though we're, we're seeing that that's not entirely true. Um, but the, the variants and the, and the breakthrough, um, uh, illnesses or cases are starting to hit close to home. Uh, mm-hmm. So we, we were heading back into the office, I think August 1st or the beginning of August, which I think Monday was August 2nd, last Monday. That was our first day that we were supposedly all back in the office full time, right? Like, okay, we're, we're, everyone's vaccinated. We're coming back to get ready for the new semester. Uh, Joe, we didn't even make it to day two. Uh, That's awful. <laughs> before we all got sent back home and the office is now once again on lockdown until the end of the month because we had multiple cases. So, yeah, and it's tricky because nobody, you know, neither of the cases resulted in in a serious illness, although I know at least one person was very ill, but kind of like in bed at home, you know? So, mm-hmm. so... It's tricky, right? Because it's like, okay, well, it's like kind of getting the flu. You're not going to die of it, or at least chances are very, very minimal that you're going to you know, lose your life. But it's like, is that where we are now? We're like, that's the right, sort of right, right. risk that we've, you know, just sort of all agreed to accept. Like, oh, well, you're going to get really, really sick and feel like shit for a week. Um, so I'm back home. <laughs> we are not back in the office. Uh we have new student orientation at the end of this month, and I'm, you know, we're we're going to be on site for that and be as safe as possible. That's one thing that I can say I'm very grateful for is that my employer is as safe as possible. Given that, you know, we we have to be on campus and we're a school, as you mm-hmm. can relate, I'm sure. Um, so I've been home a lot. Mo- without expecting to be home. You know, I really thought that I was going to be commuting to work and back in the office and blah, blah, blah. I even bought a whole new wardrobe and fucking <laughs> bought, <laughs> I, I bought my own uh, coffee set up for my office. So, you know, cause we, we, we're not really, uh, uh, we're not being advised to use the break room, you know, too much. So, right. Right. Uh, but I'm back home now for the foreseeable future. <laughs> and uh, so, so, so disappointing. Yeah. Well, you know, it's funny how fast you go right back into quarantine mode. Like, yeah. I got my favorite basketball shorts. I got my routine <laughs> in the morning, water my plants, you know, do some meditation, uh, make myself my coffee, sit in the balcony, answer my emails. It's to the point that, um, like I end up starting my work day earlier than the hours that were given, you know, my, mm-hmm. my work, my office work, they starts at 8 30 AM, but I'm sitting in my office with my coffee, looking at emails at like seven 45 in the morning. Cause it's just a simple routine. Yeah, and that's one of the bad. That's one of the bad things about the way we all handle the um, 
quarantine <laughs> was we were all I, I don't know about you, but I know I started I worked a lot longer than I probably would have if I was going in and out. Of- right, right. And I'm coming from a long history as a freelance artist. I'm used right. to working at home. I'm used to my day being more of a stream of consciousness sort of schedule as opposed to like, oh, 830 clock in. Oh, it's noon. Eat. I have an hour to eat, whether I'm hungry or not. You know what I mean? Uh-huh, uh-huh. Uh, oh, it's 5 p.m. Clock out. It's like, I, you know, yeah, I'm for me. And this is for me because, like I said, I have a history of a freelancer. So I feel like as a freelancer, so I feel like I, my, I have, I've had years to work in this way without overworking myself. Right. Like I'm not somebody that's going to be in danger of like, oh shit. Like I'm running myself into the ground because I need structure. I do great with less structure. So like, yeah, I'm drinking my coffee and answering emails at 745 in the morning, but I might stop to eat at 11 because that's when I'm hungry. And I might not come back to work to, I might not crack open my laptop again for an hour and a half. And it's like, Uh oh no, I've taken a 30 minute longer lunch than I should have. Yeah. But I'm also probably going to, you know, if I get an email from a student tonight at eight o'clock while I'm watching a movie with Rosie, I'll answer it. You know what I mean? Like that, that's okay. Like it all kind of evens out. And for me, that works. So it's, it's been nice though. Unexpected. Um, Rosie also moved in last week with me. So we Very officially nice. live together now. Yes. Uh, a big step for us that we're, all, we're both super excited and happy about. So the apartment, you know, is, is still in the process of being, <laughs> of absorbing a whole other person's belongings. And we're going through the process of like, you know, setting up our spaces and what do we really need? What do we not absolutely need? Because this is a relatively small apartment. Um, so, so my day has been a lot of geeking out. My days have been a lot of geeking out about, uh, uh, interior design and (laughs) home organization, (laughs) which I get super geeky about actually. Uh, Yeah. It's kind of funny because we talked about this, this time last year, this is what I was doing. Right. You know, we were in the beginning of quarantine and I was, uh, setting up my apartment for like a more comfortable work live environment. And now I feel like I'm back in a similar headspace where I'm setting up my apartment for two people to live here comfortably and, you know, make the most out of the space we have with our cats. So, uh, yeah, that's, that's what I've been geeking out about, you know, um, aside from that, uh, we, we jumped, we needed a break from Ozark. Uh, we already ran through Fleabag because it's amazing and Rosie loved it. And so, um, I took a chance and said, why don't we watch the first episode of Invincible? It's very different. It's animated. It's mm-hmm. uh, it's lighter, at least at first. And she was hooked after the first episode. So I've been re-watching that as she watches it for the first time. I um, still need to watch it for the first time. Oh, man. I was telling her about that. I'm like, I, took, I told Joe to watch this because I want to talk about it on the podcast. Um, maybe we can put it on the back burner until we know that season two is impending. Um, oh yeah, yeah. Just do it right before it launches. Exactly. But um, I also realized while we we're watching Invincible, because Rosie turned to me at one point, uh, and we're like almost done with the first season now, and she goes, "It's so funny because this is a cartoon, but like it's good." 
oh okay you this is new to you (laughs) oh yeah there's this thing called anime and like you know there's there's lots of actually animated stories out there that are you know uh, adult appropriate you know Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. and uh so i realized this is a great segue for her into what if Oh, yeah, yeah. Perfect. Yeah. So um, I'm really excited for What If, Joe. Uh, it's two days from now. I can't wait. Holy shit. That's so fast. That's awesome. Okay. So I'm going to say I'm a little annoyed because I have first pr- block prep, which is nice because that's what I had at iPod. It was perfect. Um, and and so I can get there at like 7 o'clock in the morning mm. and I have to start ta- teaching till 9. I'm like, this will be perfect for watching – Mm. like an hour of Disney plus. Like I can do that. Like yeah. I can do that while I'm doing other work. It'll be perfect. Yeah. On Wednesdays we have faculty meetings from seven 30 to nine. Oh, <laughs> <shit. laughs> so I'm going to have to at least wait until Thursdays. Yeah. <laughs> Damn it. Uh, yeah. It's in two days. I think we can finish invincible season one by then. And then we can jump right into what if, which is great because the further we just started Ozark uh, season three, and it's definitely like one episode every couple days now. Because <laughs> oh, by by season three, it's like they're like you can't move. Like those those people cannot make like every like they have they have five decisions that they could make five choices for their decision that they have to make, and every single one of them has have like not just bad consequences, like horrible horrible consequences. Yes, I that is accurate. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah that's 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 what we've been up to um and of course suicide squad came out which we're going to be reviewing and spoiling the hell out of today yep. uh we had a lot of fun with it so why don't we uh take a break and then we'll come back and dive in perfect all right we'll be right back when toxic culture has you down when you're just looking to laugh and have fun kick back and enjoy watching a video game or just make some new friends. It's time to visit the geek to geek Media Network, a community of podcasters, streamers, and bloggers. Well, more of a family than a community. All dedicated to geeking out about the things we love. Things like video games, Star Wars, comics, movies, K-pop, Disney Plus, Keanu Reeves, new, or whatever our community decides is the next best thing. That's right. We have a great online community on Slack and Discord where we chat about our weekly geekery with listeners and viewers. And each other. Yep, and each other in real time. And we can't wait for you to join us. So come check us out at geek2geekmedia.com. And escape toxic fandom for something much more... Keanu? Yes, Keanu. And we're back... And we are going to spoil the hell out of the Suicide Squad. <laughs> Ray, what if it, what even is this movie? <laughs> I loved your reaction on Slack. It was perfect. I, I just I don't even like I can't I can't say I dislike it because I I don't, didn't dislike the movie, <laughs> but I can't say I liked it either. <laughs> I'm like I don't know what to do with this movie. It is right. so weird. Right. Yeah. I, yeah, I, I felt a little bit of that in the beginning, but I think once I had a chance to sort of, um, adjust 
for I, I was expecting one thing and and I hate to pile on the first movie uh which is terrible uh but I I kind of have to bl- I think I have to blame or it's the source the first movie is the source of my reaction my initial reaction to this movie uh because I realized at a certain point oh the tone of this is all over the place all over the place all like i couldn't tell i was like same as you i was like okay that i guess that's trying to be funny but after that heartfelt series scene we just got after that super dramatic tense scene we just got i don't see how this is funny in the world of those two scenes but i know i'm meant to laugh at it and that's when i was like oh shit okay there's no it's just the tone is is just a, a fucking disaster. Once yeah. I accept that, then I can just enjoy each scene for the goal of that specific scene and stop it, trying to like build a build moment narrative momentum. That's exactly like I like now I now I understand that like you've you've put a finger on what I was struggling with in this movie. Mm-hmm. And I couldn't figure it out. Like that's why I was saying I, I had to I had to ponder. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, but, no the t- the tone is manic, and you can't yes. you can't get away from that. And so once you just accept that that's what it is, that makes it a little bit easier to digest. So I liked it. I didn't love it, mm-hmm. but there are parts of it that I love. There are oh, mom- yeah. there are moments that I fucking love, and. Overall, I can say I liked it, but there were, there were, I would even say there's parts that I hate. There's just, it's asking too much of me. I feel like. <laughs> yeah. That's a really good way of putting it. Like, it's not that I hate it. It's just, it is, it is requiring more for me than I am willing to give this movie. <laughs> yeah. And I, and I also thought I had another thought. Um, this is what happens. And I love James Gunn. I love his, his, his take on superhero movies, but this is what happens when you don't hear no enough. Yes, absolutely. He, he needed an editor or two. He needed a producer to tell him no or write that again or let's do another pass and try to make that or find another solution. <laughs> or he even ne- just why. <laughs> <laughs> he, I definitely think that he needed someone to, to balance out his crazy ideas just a tiny bit more, because keep in mind that what we love about James Gunn is, you know, in, in the Marvel universe, he, his energy was much needed after, after phase one. Right. And that brought such a fun, exciting, irreverent, passionate element to guardians of the galaxy that made that movie an instant standout in the MCU. And so that's great, but I feel like now, after having seen the Suicide Squad, where he had a ton of control, as, as he's you know admitted to, not not full control, but a ton of control, um, he really benefited from something at Marvel that kind of I think required that he sort of rein it in just a tiny bit. D- did you ever sub for me when I was having them do Antigone adaptations? I think so. Yeah. Okay, I, I like as you're describing this, I'm like, I have definitely had those moments where I'm like, okay, so you're gonna make an adaptation of Antigone, and the kid's like, okay, and this happens, and then this happens, and then this happens, and you're like, what are you talking about? <laughs> like, where 
first of all, how is this antiquity? And second of all, what? <laughs> <laughs> and I do feel like that this has that kind of like teenage yes bouncing off the walls every idea must be considered energy yes i will say and you know we're gonna get into after we give our overall thoughts we're gonna get into the good and the bad and the you know whatever else um but i will say that one thing that i didn't like about this movie was that some of the humor quote-unquote humor it felt like edgelord circa 2000s humor uh, like just yeah. dark, dark, not just dark, but almost cruel. Yeah. And we're meant to laugh at it. And I think if that's the overall tone of the movie, like a Will Ferrell movie or some shit. Okay. But when you're, when you're trying to, to have a grounded emotional reality at the same time, because you know, those Will Ferrell movies there, there's emotion to them, but they're not meant, they're not tear jerkers. No. But if, if you're trying to, have a grounded emotional reality at the same time, then some of that slapsticky, you know, gore funny because it's so crazy humor actually it comes across as kind of cruel. Yeah. And no, I there thought were definitely moments where I was like, I don't get squeamish, but there's some times where I was like, Oh, mm, mm. yeah. <laughs> uh, it made me think about the shit that he was canceled for. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> that kind of like gross out, um, you know, uh, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? Like completely inappropriate, like uh, just over the top extreme humor that is obviously not meant to be taken seriously, but, uh, you know... Man, I, I'm 12 and haven't been haven't learned yet that this is not appropriate for people to. Right, it's like yeah. it's like mixing sex humor with kid stuff because those two things obviously don't go together, and therefore this is hilarious. And that was you know uh, 2010, I want to say 2011, and it's just like you know you better man as he learned. Man, the climate for that shit moves real fast. Like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that shit does not age well. And I don't think that any of the humor in this Suicide Squad movie was on that level of offensiveness. Mm-hmm. But, but it felt like in the same vein of that, like, oh, the person who thought that was funny at that time thinks this is funny now. And I don't really think this is that funny now. <laughs> right, right. Uh, so that was that was sort of what tempered my uh, you know my enjoyment of the movie, but I, I did still enjoy it. I definitely laughed out loud. I def- sometimes I was just laughing at like, did that just fucking happen? <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I mean, okay. So I'm going to start off with th- this. It had to win me back because I, I shut down at one point, very oh. early on. Oh, okay. Because I was pissed Ray, <laughs> and i and i seem to think that you may have warned me about this but i wasn't gonna accept it until i saw it for myself and then i saw it for myself and i was like damn it um i was not a fan We're, spoilers spoilers big spoilers was not a fan that killed off captain boomerang i knew it in the first scene i knew it <laughs> not okay with it i was i yeah that that surprised me. I I was a little bit disappointed. 
Uh, but that that surprised me. I wanted I wanted Captain Boomerang. I was like I was so excited for him because he would actually be able to throw a boomerang. He threw one, Ray. He threw one freaking boomerang. Right. And, and that's, that's like it's half the number of boomerangs almost that he threw in the first movie. So. No, that, is, that is that is twice the number of boomerangs he threw in the first one. <laughs> um well, that's right, because the only boomerang I think he throws in the first one is like it's a flashback. Well, it's uh, not even a. It's not even. He don't. You don't even actually see it leave his hand. Oh, there's, there's <laughs> the remote control. There's a remote control drone boomerang. Oh, <laughs> then shit. there is there is the I'm going to use boomerangs as knives scenes, and that's all you get from Captain Boomerang for an Got entire it. movie. Well, he did right by him, and then he killed him off. Oh, uh, yeah. Oh. I, I was surprised by that because I also was inclined to to believe that he was going to write that wrong do more to write that wrong and instead i mean in a way that kind of sets you up for a lot of this movie because it's like the joke is like oh okay i mean the tagline was literally don't get don't get attached to anyone right like right right um and sure enough you know we went in knowing it's a suicide squad a lot of people are gonna die so just expect that but you could almost kind of tell which characters were going to die. Right. And then Captain Boomerang dies and you're like, oh, fuck. Wait a minute. <laughs> so it's the like. are off. <laughs> he still got me, you know, even though I thought I, I knew what to expect heading in. He, my cynical side, he still, he managed to out cynicism my cynical side. So. Yeah. Um, and I mean, like again, for some of, for now, I, I do not want to start a generation war, but for those of you who are millennials. <laughs> who are going, it was Captain Boomerang, get over it. What you don't understand is that people, Ray and my age, we grew up on on several truths to life. One, boomerangs are one of the top five coolest weapons ever. <laughs> and two, you're going to have to worry about s- s- quicksand. Quicksand, yep. <laughs> like, well, that is what we grew up with. Yep. That's true. Apparently... Rule three is out for debate because we can't make up our minds between pirates and ninjas. But uh, yes, <laughs> um, yeah. So that what if that's the moment that was a very early moment. Yes. If that was the moment that lost you, where were you able to sort of find your way back into it? Um, the, the one thing that kept me going in all of this, and I was like, I will, I will consider not watching another Guardians of the Galaxy movie ever again if he kills off that damn rat. If oh, Simon did yeah. make it out of this movie alive, <laughs> yeah, I would have. You would have to summarize the next Guardians of the Galaxy movie for me because I'd be done. Yeah, that's that's actually really. Uh, I agree with that. That's a, that's a cool. Uh, note because it does this movie does make you scared for that rat it, i was scared for that rat and i was scared for king shark yeah and i'm sorry sebastian not not simon sebastian right sebastian and if either of those two had died i would have been like this movie is just too cruel like it's not like, you know what why 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 do you yeah. hate us so like what did we ever do to you you know it it definitely lost rosie early on I can I can see that. Like I I'm yeah. surprised that Matt stuck with it as long as he did. Oh, I really shit. did. Oh yeah, no, he he actually ended going. Yeah, I didn't I didn't just didn't dislike it. Yeah, uh, Rosie. At one point, I kind of checked in with her, 
because I was like, holy shit, holy shit, what <laughs> the fuck? And I'm looking over at her and like, I'm kind of like, I'm like, uh, uh, just vibing, like vibrating off of this manic energy at the beginning of this movie. I'm like, uh-huh, okay, uh-huh. like, okay, what else? It's like a sugar rush, you know? And I look over at my girlfriend and she's just kind of got this face like, what what like what? like unimpressed <laughs> like you're no your job was to entertain me and i'm not entertained and so i checked in with her at one point and she was like yeah no i don't i don't like this i'm not liking this like what what is this and i was like oh shit did Maybe. she ever come back yeah yeah she made it to the end of the movie with me uh and i think she was right there with you in terms of sebastian and king shark but you know again as we've covered ex- extensively on this podcast my girlfriend is the ultimate um em- empath you know she she feels for every single character she this is the person who felt bad for thanos so uh-huh. uh, <laughs> you, know, <laughs> you know she wants everyone to uh experience an existence free of any sort of pain or discomfort or you know um anything <laughs> whatsoever it, it, nothing but pure bliss and happiness so for to see to witness all of those characters die through some deaths at the beginning i think it definitely tested her her limits for you know what she's willing to to put up with in order to get to a good story yeah yeah no it it, it was rough i mean and then and then when like one of the things that i saw from from miles away and i don't think had the the effect that they were hoping it would have was the little things in the aquarium that ended up attacking King shark. Oh man. That's that surprised me. I was, I was so did it really, I, I was yeah. like, I was like, Oh, they're cute. And everything else in this movie has been so horrible. They're like, <laughs> they're going to kill, they're going to kill this poor giant walking shark. Like, yeah, <laughs> this is, like, they're not, they're not, they're not forming, they're not forming your shadow because they think you're fun <laughs> and they're trying to eat you. Right. Right. Oh man. That I loved that scene of him in front of the aquarium. Oh I, yeah. It was, it was beautiful. God. Like it was so like, it like after all the horrid, terrible things that we saw happen, Mm-hmm. It was a slight, a slight little bit of a rainbow of sunshine that I knew was going to devolve into him getting terrorized by these little cute monster thingies. <laughs> yeah, that's on my list of cool moments. Um, the Wallers, Amanda Wallers, who, by the way, Viola Davis, holy shit! Viola Davis is wonderful, and we just need to like. Wow. Women should just walk on red carpet wherever she goes. Wow. Like, I were having a Viola Davis night, like, which we were like, what the? This person is crushing this role. Yeah. It was, yeah, she was amazing in this. Her and, for me, her and Margot Robbie. Margot Uh, Robbie's just wonderful. She, she can. Her movie, whatever movie she's in as a character is a great movie, even in the crappiest movies that she's in. I'm a little concerned, Ray. Are you being attacked by clowns? Oh, that's the paletero, man. Come on. Okay. I just heard heard the honking and I'm like, "Uh uh-oh. Your students know. Your students know. Whatever. (laughs) Uh, (laughs) That's a staple. No, that's just someone making a living. That's all. Just a working class. Uh, immigrant making a living. That's all that is. Um, 
Well, we, we acknowledge the ice cream man, so we, we, we need to let people know what's oh, going on in the background. Listen, ice cream comes in many forms in this hood. Uh-huh. Okay. <laughs> um, so uh, that's the paletero or that's the raspado, man. Either one is good with me. See, um, it's, the, it's, the, it's the ice bars, yeah? Yes, exactly. Yeah, see, ours was always a bell. Oh, that's right. I remember that in my my grand my uh my mom's family lived a little nice neighborhood. I remember that, that was the bougie. That was, <laughs> so it was, it was a little bicycle bell. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, but yeah, those are the those are the teenage mutant ninja turtle ice school uh ice cream pops. Those are different. <laughs> it's a little more expensive. Um, so um yeah, I thought that Margot Robbie, it's like. She's just so watchable. Yes. Right? Yes. I don't particularly love Harley Quinn. What what was that? I don't particularly love Harley Quinn, but I love her Harley Quinn. Oh, I love her Harley Quinn. Like, I I would, like, I was trying to explain to Matt yesterday the, the problem that DC has with, like, well, we like Gail Gadot and we like Jason Momoa. We like Margot Robbie. So they'll just keep playing those characters. They'll reboot four other franchises. But we'll just keep letting them them play it because we all like them. Oh, my God. Continuity be damned. We don't need need no stinking continuity. We've got Margot Robbie. We're fine. (laughs) That really is the DC fucking mantra at this point. Like, it's so bad. Like, I just, I was sitting there watching it and I was like, if this was the Guardians of the Galaxy of the DCU, it would be like you'd go, okay, there's a there's a purpose for all of this. Right. right. And and there's just not. Like it, it like it was entertainment and it was fine. Yeah. But it was kind of like, come on. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> come on. Yep. That's so true. And that's such a stark difference between the MCU and the DCEU. So another thing you 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 nailed is that it, there doesn't there's very clearly no master plan. At no, and and they've even stopped trying. I feel like um, you know, I think that I have seen some some positive takes on this movie that point out that this movie definitely captures the tone of the comic book in that. In the comic, it is a free-for-all. The whole point of the comic has always been sort of slapsticky, you know, out there kind of uh, storytelling, playing fast and loose with the characters. People die. And it's kind of like a throwaway comic. It's, you know, it's a mm-hmm. funny idea, Suicide Squad. Oh, you know, these characters frequently die. And it's a way for DC to sort of write out characters that they don't find a use for anymore. Right. So in that sense, I can see how this movie matches that. But then, you know, that comic book is being published in a universe that has a bunch of movies, a bunch of comic books that make sense and are sort of like the pillars of that universe. And we don't have that yet in the DCEU. So so you're right in asking how much sense does a Suicide, suicide Squad movie even make? Well, and then the other thing is, is, is take, take the Suicide Squad – and compare it to Deadpool and X-Force. Oh, that's a great comparison. Yeah. Like, in one, 
it's just all over the place, and you have no idea what's going on, and it seems like just a bunch of senseless, violent deaths. Where with X Force, it felt like okay, like this is funny because it's not intentional. Mm. Like like when they're throwing themselves at the whatever the problem is in in Suicide Squad, you know they are just cannon fodder. Yeah, where it is just completely set up from the very beginning in Deadpool that he has every attention of these people making it, and they don't, yeah. <laughs> and yeah. they don't in gruesome, horrible ways. Yeah, but but the 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 humor is not in the death itself, which is I feel like what they did with the Suicide Squad, right? It, the, the the humor is in the like the, the but but no, but I didn't want it to happen like this, right? Right. Yeah, the expectation was like turned on its head in Deadpool, but in Suicide Squad, that's the expectation from the beginning. So then they're trying to wring the comedy out of, you know, these like someone's face getting blown off. Yeah, it's like, look, this is funny. And it's like, no, yeah. <laughs> it's violent, but it's not funny. And I think this is probably a good point to 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 go over where this movie sort of fits because it's not a reboot, but it's kind of a sequel, right? Right. I have no problem just calling it a sequel, but I guess because they shift the the members and because they are trying to make a course correction in terms of the tone, I guess people are comfortable calling it kind of a sequel. I just think it's it just seems to me like a straight sequel. They literally yeah, it's a sequel. Yeah, they literally reference the the mission from the first movie, right? Um, and so it's a sequel to the first one. Um, I do think that because the first one took itself so seriously, that led to my my initial sort of like uh, how do I put it like a uh, uh, inability to sort of like roll with it with the beginning of this movie because right. I thought, okay, yeah, it's suicide squad. Okay. It's a legit team. It's, you know, blah, blah, blah. This is going to be not, you know, there's going to be humor in this movie, but it's, this is the team. Right. right. Uh, and then I realized, oh, okay. They're there. It's really far out wacky humor. Like it's really like <laughs> just it's, it's early James Gunn is what it is. Yes. Early, early James Gunn, because uh, I mean, if you look back into his early filmography, you've got like Slither. Did you ever see Slither, Joe? No. Okay. Uh, yeah. Give give that trailer a watch at Ooh. some point. Um, but uh, yeah, he made Slither. He made Super. Did you ever see Super? I don't think I saw Super. Oh shit! Please watch that and let's talk about it. <laughs> Super stars uh, Elliot Page, or well, who, yeah, Elliot Page, and uh, Rain Wilson. Uh huh. And oh my Rain- god, this cast! Yes, I'm so glad you're looking at it. Yeah, consulting the Internet Eight Ball. Um, um, half of half of them were in Suicide Squad. Liv Tyler, Linda Cardellini, Kevin Bacon, James Gunn is in the cast as well. Nathan Fillion is in the cast as well. well Nathan Fillion, Michael Rooker, Sean Gunn, who's in everything that yes, that, yes. Which you know, I mean, I get that. I got a brother. I'd put him in everything. Yes, but the the main character is played by the guy who plays Dwight on The Office, 
And uh, it's called a black comedy superhero film telling the story of Frank Darbo, a short order cook who becomes a superhero without having any superhuman ability, calling himself the Crimson Bolt. Uh, And he sets out to rescue his wife, Sarah, from the hands of a drug dealer. And it is fully a a dark, dark comedy uh, that is set in the superhero genre. Uh, and and I kept thinking about this movie and Slither while watching The Suicide Squad because it's that type of gore, it's that type of humor, it's that type of kind of just schizophrenic tone. Right. Um, so a um, couple more things I wanted to point out in terms of the timeline. Apparently this takes place after Zack Snyder's Justice League or, or Justice League because Zack Snyder's Justice League is its own Elseworlds thing. <laughs> Um, God. Uh, the, fact that it, the fact that they even try right? to put it in a timeline, Jeez. I find hilarious. Because they keep referencing that Bloodsport um, shot Superman with a kryptonite bullet and put him in the ICU. Right. Um, so that happened at some point, obviously, after Superman came back from the dead. So it happens after Justice League. And apparently, I missed this, but apparently at one point, Harley references Birds of Prey. Uh, oh, no, I didn't miss it. It's when she says that, because they have to explain why she's back in prison. Mm-hmm. And she says she got road rage inside of a bank. And I think uh-huh. that references the last scene at, in Birds of Prey. Okay. Because I see, I haven't seen Birds of Prey. Oh, man. Just, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know if you want to watch that. <laughs> Oof, that was a really tough sit through. Oh, then no. <laughs> yeah, just, it was. I'll put it, that with the the latest Fantastic Four movie. Well, then I just don't need to. I don't need to do that to myself. Yeah, I've I've only walked out of one movie in my life, and uh, Birds of Prey definitely tested that. Oof. Yeah. Um. So what's cool about this? I think this take on the Suicide Squad is that they are doing they are taking on a a secret mission now which mm-hmm, i think mm-hmm. makes sense for this team the first the first mission wasn't so secret but this is like covert right they're not supposed to be there they're right. trying to eliminate some information from getting out that's going to cast america in a bad light as if that's not already like it's free game for that shit but um <laughs> so so that's that's kind of the setup and the timeline for this movie which I feel, I I do feel that that Peacemaker is a very topical, current character. Oh God, yes, I I love peace, and I'll kill anyone anyone. <laughs> so good, such uh, a good send up of that attitude, right? Yeah, and then uh, and then and then him walking around in his tidy whities it's kind of like, yep, that 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 just kind of <laughs> sums it up all right there. You know, Peacemaker is getting his own HBO Max series, right? Well, yes, you had to. There was a stinger. Yes, yes. Did you know before that? <laughs> no, but I assumed like there was a stinger, and I was like, oh, okay, so he's got a he's got another movie or something coming out. James Gunn has written all the episodes already. Oh no! And he has directed half of them. Oh god! And it is starting very soon. Like I heard, as early as next month. Oh wow! Yes. Okay. All right. All right. <laughs> on HBO Max. Look, they're, I mean, they're, trying, they're trying they're trying to do the Disney Plus series shit, man. It's hilarious to me. Yeah, yeah. I mean like <laughs> you you do you do what you wanna do. DC I, not gonna not gonna make you <laughs> like it's it's so it's so freaking obvious, right? Like 
I, I one of my one of my new students like gave me the dirtiest look when I started bashing on DC. Oh, but sorry. Like, <laughs> like you gotta, you got I, I taught, I taught English for fifteen years. You got to bring your receipts if you want to tell me that there's some positive Great. things about about uh, DC. But I mean, like, At why is this invested, man? <laughs> but but you can see, you can see that they're like, well, why, why is this not working? Why, what's, what are we doing wrong? Right. You know what? Let's just get one of their directors. We'll get okay. one of their directors to direct our stuff. Okay, that'll be work. And you know what? They're putting out a series of stuff. We'll put out a series of stuff. Like, <laughs> like that is that is the depth of their right. logic in how they're keeping up with Marvel. Yeah. No kidding. No kidding. Uh, I loved the the little joke, the little wink about. Um, Bloodsport and Peacemaker having the exact same origin and abilities. Yes, that was kind of awesome. That was perfect. And and apparently, um, Will Smith was approached to reprise his role as Deadshot from the first movie. Uh-huh. Uh, James Gunn, first version of the script, had Deadshot in place of Bloodsport. Uh-huh. And so apparently that was sort of a wink at that as well. Like, Bloodsport is basically the same character as Deadshot, and yeah, so when Deadshot have to do like wasn't he doing it for his daughter too? Yes, exactly. And so, but but whereas him and his daughter love each other like openly <laughs> and clearly, <laughs> like Blood, so that's a little, that scene cracked me up. And uh, like, oh yeah, uh, all my enjoyment of these scenes came just as that, just as the scene for itself. Once I stopped trying to piece it together as a cohesive narrative, I really enjoyed this a, a lot more. Yeah, no, I mean, like, I, I thought that was, I thought it was a realistic. I have seen that interaction between two people, <laughs> between a parent and a child before. Like, it was a, it was a realistic scene. <laughs> I fucking lost it where there's like screaming "fuck you" at the top of their lungs to each other, and then Idris changes it up with the "fuck you." That shit <laughs> killed me. Oh my god, I couldn't breathe. That was so good. But uh, <sighs> yeah, so. Will Smith was written, Deadshot was written out, and Bloodsport was brought in, and you know they basically do the same things. They have the same powers and abilities and origins, and so I thought that was uh, you know another cool layer to the similarities between Bloodsport and Peacemaker. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, let's see. Oh, apparently uh, John Ostrander, writer of the original Suicide Squad comic, uh, plays a doctor early on in this movie uh, when they are injecting Savant with. The bomb. Okay. That is John Ostrander. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and I mean, there was, there was a collection of, of really fun moments that I really enjoyed. Does, does anything for you stand out as like things that, that you really, that I don't know, made you cheer or laugh or just say, okay, that was cool. The, 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 the team taken out uh, Amanda Waller. Yes, he's so happy. I yes. hate the character so much. As I mean, Viola Davis does an amazing job with the character. I hate the character. I have always hated the character. I think that's the point. She's probably an excellent character because you hate her so much. But I, I hate, I hate Amanda Waller so much. And so, if somebody just taking a golf club to her head, so happy, <laughs> so happy. God, I love Amanda Waller. 
<laughs> I'm like and, worried for myself right now. Anybody <laughs> who knows you and me, Matt, uh, Ray, is is having a moment where they're like, yeah, that, that makes sense. <laughs> I'm like, wait a minute. Why do I love Amanda Waller? I'm not like, what are you talking about? I love, no, I'm like, oh shit, why do I love Amanda Waller? <laughs> she is like exponentially ruthless in this version. Uh, oh, I, like 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 the levels of awful that she is willing to go to. Yeah. Um, and I, I, that's where okay, that's where I've got to say there's a subtlety to the comedy that isn't in other places in the movie. Is it's how horrible she is, and how everybody in her office reacts to it. That's so great. They did such a great job of setting that up. It's excellent because, I mean, obviously at a different level, but all of us have worked in a situation where the boss comes in and says something and everybody's looking around like, are they fucking serious? Like, really? Like, is that really how you're going to handle the situation? Yeah. Like, everybody's had that experience. And to see it done so well. Yeah. That was pulled off perfectly, I thought. Uh, And it was still a surprise when they actually turned on her. I was like, oh, shit. Um, I love the kaiju reference. <laughs> oh shit, we got a fucking kaiju out here. <laughs> okay, so you, know, you have a much more extensive DC experience than I do, and I I know about the the what is it Stardo Starro Starro. Yes. I know I I have I have experienced Starro in comics before. Mm-hmm. My understanding is it's supposed to be a pretty scary bad guy, right? Or am I wrong in that? Um no, yeah, he's called Starro the Conqueror. Like it's a it's a um global level threat like on the level of like Galactus. Yeah, and so, you know, I guess when you put it in terms of that, it's like if you decided to do Deadpool takes on Galactus, like, this is how you would handle it. Well, yeah, I get what you're saying. I do think, though, some of that is sort of rewritten from his original appearance. Um, And I think James Gunn is going with the original, you know, intent. Because it is the first villain that the Justice League ever teamed up to face. Ever. Oh, is it? Yes. Yes. Okay. Um, but it's Silver Age story. So it's goofy. Right? You know what I mean? Even the serious shit was goofy during the Silver Age. Right. So I think that is where James Gunn is sort of I you know, I wish we had Rob on here today to ask about oh, that. But we'll have to we'll have to get a Rob if you're listening, we need like either yes. a call in or a guest appearance in yes. an upcoming episode to just, like fill us in on this one. But I think since then, you know, he's sort of been reframed as like a, a Galactus type threat to the whole world. Um, probably most effectively by like, you know, Grant Morrison, because he just wrote amazing right. um Justice League comics. So, yeah, um, my question was, uh, why didn't the Justice League address Starro? Right. Well, I just, what? the <laughs> because they were too busy making terrible movies. Oh. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. Uh, not really. Um, <laughs> so uh, I, I just assumed it was because they were already there and it didn't take that long to take care of him. I guess, yeah. I mean, you would think a fuck something on that level destroying a fucking country. 
Um, I heard one one excuse or reason thrown out there that the walls of Jotunheim were were lined with lead, and so Superman couldn't see. But it's like, okay, but once the fucking kaiju breaks through the walls and starts <laughs> destroying, like rampaging a country, like you would think, you know, somebody in the Justice League would be like, oh shit, we should address that. But I you guess know, the, the invisible jet had to be refueled. <laughs> nice. Aquaman was on the other side of the continent. Right. Like it happens. <laughs> and those are the only two we're going to call because everybody else is rebelling. Yeah. Batman's like, fuck that. <laughs> um, Which one? <laughs> oh. He's, oh no. he's, he's saying Batfleck and what's the other? Who's, who's oh, playing the other Battinson, one? Pattinson. Oh. Robert Pattinson. Pattinson. The two of them are sitting there like in the in Batcave and like, well, you go. No, you go. <laughs> You go. <laughs> Great. Um, I loved uh the payoff of the smaller bullet in the yeah. in the final showdown. I thought that was a really cool way to kind of call back from their first conversation and also like you know, it, it paid off a cool face off that I think had been building for, for those two characters the whole movie. Yeah. I gotta say though, that moment where oh god, that moment where they're making their way through that rebel encampment. <laughs> yes. Dude. Like I I went from like laughing to kind of like I stopped laughing and I'm like, oh that that was ooh, that was kind of brutal. To yeah. then like being sad at the end of it. But, because I mean it's funny because we're we're watching it and Matt, you know, the stickler for reality um, even in this is going to try and find some reality in it. And he's like, what did none of them are reacting? And then you find out why. And you're like, Oh <laughs> yeah. Dude, oh, it's funny that these two guys are like measuring their dicks in this way. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, it, it, there was a moment where they murder somebody who's just like doing laundry. And I'm right, like, right. Oh, like wait, that, that didn't feel funny. Like that didn't feel no, right. No, but, but it brought me back. <laughs> it still fucking cracks me up to picture. I feel so wrong for laughing at this. Uh, even my girlfriend turned at me and was like, why are you laughing at that? But um, <laughs> it's when All peacemaker, <laughs> it's when peacemaker is just walking by that person laying down, <laughs> just like without any like force or anything, just sort of casually multiple like stabs, that yeah. person laying down multiple times, just as yeah. he's like strolling by the cot or whatever, that shit killed me. And I was like, oh, I shouldn't be laughing at this, but that's so funny. Just well, the, it just, the it body the language. Where, yeah, it gets to the point where it's so grotesque that it's not realistic anymore. Like it's right. no longer like you're no longer empathizing with these people because they're not people at that point. They're they're punchlines. Which is right. not good. Like it's not good in yeah. any sense of the at all. But I mean, that's why you end up having that reaction to it because they've already desensitized you at that point. And then you get to the end of the scene and the payoff of like this is the freedom fighters. Like, and I and of course politically, I'm like, oh, that's fucked up. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. This is this is the group of people that have taken up arms to you know take their country back from this like regime, this like military coup or whatever. Uh, so politically, I'm like, oh, fuck. And then I'm like, okay, so James Gunn basically is like, I'm sending everyone up in this. Like, I'm not just roasting the, like, white supremacist incel douchebag with Peacemaker. I'm also roasting the, like, leftist, like, you know, revolutionary, like, 
kind of, uh, you know, those people on the other side. And I'm just like, oh, James Gunn, like, are you really both citing this, like, send up? What, what, as- was he? Was he? Because I took it almost as, well, this, this is this is the team of Americans. Of course, this is what they're going to do. Right, right. And that that led me to now, like, that led me to that whole discourse around, like, how effective is satire really? Because, you know what I mean? Because, like, yeah. The problem with it is like you make fun of Trump so much on Saturday Night Live that it's like pe- people start rooting for or 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 it it sort of defangs the real harm. You know what I mean? Right. Or the right. perception of it anyway. And it's like uh, are you laughing at the Americans in that scene? Or are you laughing at the murders that are happening in that scene? You get it? It's right. just so tricky to pull off. And I, it, and I, yeah. Yeah. I don't know that he, I don't know that he pulls it off. I think the point is, is that you're supposed to go, Oh, ha ha ha. Ah, ha ha. Oh, and that is that realization at the end of, Oh, that's not, that's right. not good. Like, and, and, I, I think if you were if this show if this movie was more serious and 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 conscious of what it was t- trying to do if it was less manic yeah I think that would have been a very poignant moment because it it does show just kind of the carelessness with which we tend to ignore this kind of stuff yeah this movie definitely did not have the heart of either of the Guardians of the Galaxy movies. No, no, at all. And didn't wasn't trying to either. I don't. No, think. wasn't I mean, trying maybe to. Maybe in a maybe in a couple scenes with a couple characters, you know, but not really. <laughs> well, on that point, let me let me say that I absolutely loved Ratchcatcher too. Yes, yes, love love that character. I thought I would have liked to have seen more from the polka dot man. I felt mm-hmm. like it took too long to build up to him being active in the movie. Um, but I I enjoyed him while he was there. Mm-hmm. Uh, I feel like they ended with the characters alive that you would want alive. Yes, they yes. got my Captain Boomerang, and I I would have been fine with Polka Dot Man surviving. Mm-hmm. But we we all kept King Shark. Sebastian's mm-hmm. okay. <laughs> Even Weasel <laughs> at the end of the day was fine. <laughs> so it's all good. Um, but yeah, I thought. You know, I thought that there was some fun characters that you could really have fun with and enjoy. Um, Who was it that pointed out in in the Slack the the Rocket and Groot vibes that we got from Ratcatcher and King Shark? Oh, I honestly, Matt pulled that out. Okay, as a as a thing, but I don't I don't remember who said it in the. Give me a second because I want to give credit where it's due, and so we are consult. I guess Slack is on the internet, so that counts as the. Uh, as the magic eight ball. <laughs> uh, let's shake, see shake, here. Shake, shake, shake. <laughs> <laughs> yes, exactly. Oh my God. I'm just laughing at all the memes we share on Slack. <laughs> uh, I think Do it was. Do not remove the golden eye from the unnaturally large. Hole oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> um, King. Oh, it was Ninja boy. Three, three, three. Uh, King Shark and Ratcatcher 2 give me Groot and Rocket vibes. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Um, but yeah, definitely by the end where we're watching, you know, Starro crush all these poor brown people, you know, from this other country and somewhere in Central America, I was like, right. 
all right, like, <laughs> you know, not exactly my take that I, you know, not my type of humor or not my type of, like, I don't know. I just feel like, ugh, like, do we really have to take that shot again? Like, you know, and, and I and I see what you're saying about, like, oh, he's sending up, like, this American team, like, in this, you know, kind of, it's almost like a very, like, 80s pastiche, right? Or, like, 80s right. action movie pastiche. But it's just like, oh, let's let's leave that joke. Let that joke die now. Like we're we're self-aware enough to move on to other jokes, you know, to kind of lampoon other things. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, I did love every time we saw Polka Dot Man's mother. <laughs> yes. Dude. <laughs> that was ingenious. Yes, I I thought that that way. I think honestly that was one of the times I would most often see my husband kind of giggle. <laughs> <laughs> like I do, I do kind of side eye and watch to see what he's going to react positively to in these movies because I was mm-hmm. like, I know he's watching this because I'm watching it. He wouldn't watch this on his own, but um, <laughs> like when he'd giggle at the the mother, that was great. Yeah, I was surprised to see Polka Dot Man on team two and credit to James Gunn for giving that character some real depth and some real like, you know, impact because um, I would have firmly guessed that he was going to die early on. It just kind of be a throwaway Polka Dot Man like is already ridiculous. But I feel like James Gunn almost takes that as a challenge like, oh, a talking raccoon. Yeah, I'm going to make you care about this character. You know what I mean? Right. Well, didn't he say isn't Polka Dot Man or was it the um TDK, one of those two, he he Googled worst DC character ever. Mm. And I yeah. think it was Polka Dot Man. No, I think it was the detachable kid. <laughs> you gonna <hit> click clack. <laughs> oh no, what's number one? Stone Boy. No. Are are you are you actually googling James Gunn like his take on that? No, um, although there's apparently a character named Gnort. James Gunn, <laughs> worst DC the lantern. character. Oh God! Okay, here we go. Uh, Dumbest character of all time in the Suicide Squad. Pokemon. Po- yeah, you're right. Po- Pokemon. Polka Dot Man is great. Gun told total film. I went and looked online. Who's the dumbest DC character of all time? And it was Polka Dot Man. So there you go. You're right. Yeah, uh, I, 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 and he was kind of like challenge accepted, and that yeah, was, yeah, cool. Um, but yeah, team one, the the throwaway team ended up being Savant, which we have. Uh, what's that actor's name from from Guardians of the Galaxy? He plays um, Yondu. Um, uh, Steve. Um, Steve. Uh, it's not Steve, is it? It is. Uh, let me is let me look at the full is. cast here. Mike, Michael Rooker. Michael Rooker, yeah. Um, Where did I get Steve from? <laughs> I don't know. Man. Savant, uh, the detachable kid, a.k.a. TDK, which is Nathan yeah. Fillion's character. Nathan Fillion. uh, uh, <laughs> I thought it was so hilarious. When his arms finally do detach, all he's doing is just slapping at the soldier. <laughs> <laughs> he's slapping at them. Oh, and God. Like Quinn's reaction is perfect. She's like, what is even, what is going on? <laughs> um, and with Savant, too, I, I caught this little Easter egg. Apparently, Savant makes an appearance in a... Um, a birds of prey story written by Gail Simone uh, called murder and mystery. 
in which he comes up against uh, uh, Black Canary, I think is the character's name, in um, okay, Birds yeah, of Prey. Yeah. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. And uh, basically, going forward, he hates birds. Oh, so that's where that... Oh, okay, that makes sense. Yes, yes. And Gail Simone actually tweeted about it and tagged James Gunn and was like, clever stuff, man. I see the, the significance of that scene now. Oh, that's awesome. Okay, yeah, so that makes more sense. I will have to pass that on to Matt because that was his first, the first the first reaction, the first scene in this entire thing is Savant nailing the bird with the ball. Yeah, <laughs> and Rosie goes, oh, what, like, poor baby. What the fuck is this movie? Matt had the same, Matt had the same reaction. Yeah. <laughs> so we got Savant, the detachable kid, Mongal, who's, I guess, Mongol's daughter or something in the comics. I guess. I would think she would be more of a... a, a you know, a character that DC want to keep around, but I guess not. Um, Javelin, which is a Booster Gold villain, uh, shares a great moment with with Harley Quinn right before. Who the hell's Blackguard? Blackguard was a uh, 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 Pete Davidson's character, right? But like, is like he like where oh, is he from? I don't know. It's <laughs> I don't know. So he's so bad, we didn't even bother looking him up. <laughs> uh, poor Weasel, man. I felt really bad for Weasel drowning. Right. I was like, somebody save him. And then he's dead. Well, we think he's dead. And I'm like, oh, this movie's mean. Well, honestly, I was thinking, I honestly thought that the joke that they were getting setting up was going to be who's going to give Weasel mouth to mouth. I was, I was sure that was the direction it was going. I was like, and I'm like, I'm okay with him being dead at this point. (laughs) That is not, that is not a scene I need to see. It is not a joke that needs to be told. Let's just leave the thing and move on. (laughs) Yeah. I just feel like, again, this was another thing for me that, that made me feel like maybe James Gunn brand of humor is like a kind of like, mean spirited 10 years ago on the internet or maybe certain corners of the internet will say right like kind of humor and it's just like nah dude like i i don't know maybe it's just me but it just feels like we're 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 trying collectively as a society to you know find our fucking <laughs> our, our like jet gentleness somewhere you know what i mean like right. our our empathy for other living beings i don't know Maybe it's it, just it, it is not. It is not in the Suicide Squad. That is that's not where true. you're going to find that's, it. That's a good point. That's a good point. Chad, you know, that's right. Shame on me, right, for that. Uh, uh, and then, of course, we have Harley Quinn and Rick Flag who survive, and then Captain Boomerang, unfortunately. Well, Flag doesn't survive. Well, he survives the initial. I oh, guess the initial you're, you're right. You're right, though. But yeah, survives the initial raid uh, yeah. on the island. They were the they were the disposable team one, right? Right. Uh, and then Team Two ends up being King Shark, Bloodsport, um, Peacemaker, Ratcatcher Two, and Polka Dot Man. Ratcatcher Two, her dad in the uh, flashbacks is played by Taika Waititi. I was so I, I had to explain to Matt who that was, and how <laughs> like we're just like total Taika Waititi fangirls. Yeah, yeah, same here. Uh, I explain. I'm like, that's the director of Thor Ragnarok, and she's like, oh. Um, so Taika apparently was offered a role uh, really early on, and he had to decline because of other, uh, you know, stuff he, in the schedule. And then later on, he realized that he could do it, and he came back to James Gunn and said, "Hey, I, is that character still available? Or is that role still available?" And he said, "No, but I'm going to write something better for you." Oh, that's awesome. Yeah. Um, so. 
Bloodsport, I have a note here that his superpower in the comic books is that he has a device that can summon guns into his hand from a pocket dimension. Okay, that's kind of cool. So they adapted that for the movie. And I thought the, the way they adapted it for the movie was really cool. I wish we had gotten some sort of explanation of how those powers work. Like my guess was like alien technology, but it would have been nice to at least get an explanation. You know what it reminded me of though? It reminded me of like kids toys. <laughs> yeah. Like, especially that last time where he was building the giant gun and he just kept adding onto it. And I'm like, this is like transformers meets nerf guns. Yeah. Like, that, like oof, I would have gotten nuts for that toy as a kid. Oh my god, me too. <laughs> and I didn't but, play with a lot of guns as a kid, but that like it like it's doing cool things and making neat noises. I want it. <laughs> yeah. Also, Idris Elba, like, please cast him in everything. What the fuck? Yes. Yes. He's also super watchable. He kills every role that he's given that I've seen him in. And I hope they keep Bloodsport around. It seems like they want to. Um, and hopefully then at some point we'll get, you know, a, a, a little bit more of an origin of his powers at least. Um, and then before we move on, I just want to point out that Polka Dot Man's official source of his powers is that his mother <laughs> was a former Star Labs scientist who experimented on her kids, infecting them with an alien virus from another dimension, which is so cruel. Well, yeah, it's disturbing. No wonder he's got so many mommy issues. Yeah. Oh, my God. Dude, that character. Every time he fucking <laughs> says something that has the other characters looking around going, uh, what the fuck? <laughs> and don't uh, forget about uh, Milton. Oh, poor Milton. Poor <laughs> Wait, who's Milton? There's a Milton. I think I would have known if there was a Milton with us. I did. That was like on the list of things that made me laugh. That one. <laughs> that one made me laugh simply because I remember the moment where I'm like, the bus driver's going in. Like, why is the bus driver going <laughs> in? Right. There's that He's one shot. It's long. That's right. There's that one shot of him running into the building with them. And I noted him too. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> I was kind of like, like, is this a character that we am supposed to know? Like, what? Because I'm like, there's no way. Like, have you seen it? Dude, have you seen the death count at this point? Don't yeah. go in the building. It's just not going to end well for you. It's great, too, how they underline that Suicide Squad really is a hodgepodge of just random people that Amanda Waller assigns to this Task Force X because Harley Quinn doesn't even know Bloodsport's name by the end of the movie. <laughs> well, and then she goes, uh, the fact that she, like, she's supposed to be so on top of things and everything's supposed to be strategically planned and she doesn't know that blood sports afraid of rats she doesn't know that the weasel can't swim like it's right. like what 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 happened yeah <laughs> you're 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 falling behind here they're cannon fodder really yeah she just doesn't she just put in that much background because she doesn't care she even puts two guys that have similar power sets you know on the same team just because it's like well i'm gonna not only is you know one guy working under my you know private specific commands but I'm just going to put you all together and make sure that I get what I want no matter what. Right. Um, I love the little touch of King Shark getting more powerful in water where he's able to like rip apart that, you know. Yeah. Um, that, that In that one scene and it's because he's in water. Yeah. Um, the whole, the way that they approached Harley's like rampage scene where she just goes off on all those guards uh, with the flowers. What did you think about that? I thought it was a nice relief 
to like if we had had to see that without the flowers, I think it would have just been too much. Right? Did you? I think pick at up- that point I was done with the just ridiculous amounts of gore, and that hmm. that helped. I felt like I instantly sort of absorbed that that was her perception we were seeing. Yeah. Like, oh yeah, she's nuts. Like, this is what <laughs> she sees. I I really do like the. I know you said you don't care so much for for Harley Quinn, but I I love the character, especially when they let her be more than just a stooge for uh, Joker. Yeah, I think like that's she does why have some complex stuff there, and I like how she like her whole monologue after she kills the guy who proposed to her. Yeah, I, I was like. It's like, yay, she, we had a whole episode about how you needed to get away from the Joker. Good yeah. for you, girl. Good God, for you. <laughs> how much is that Harley and how much is that Margot Robbie? Because I, I get what you're saying and I agree. I think the reason I never really, you know, gravitated towards Harley as a character is because she was, I knew her from the animated series and she was just a stooge for the Joker, you know? Right. right. Um, and it, I think it's a character and it's not the character's fault really, but it's just so many people have, have completely missed the point of that character. Well, yeah, that's the thing. It's like, I want to, I want to give the character their due, even mm-hmm. if people don't see it. I mean, mm-hmm. like, this is like, this is a, this is a character that has potential to be very deep in the right hands and has been deep in, in, yeah. in certain uses here and there yeah but um but yeah like the character has some like when you think about her origin story like jesus christ right i went i i so before we put this movie on i watched or or i queued up for rosie and i um the first suicide suicide squad movie in four minutes uh courtesy of youtube (laughs) Three literally too long <laughs> there's there's a video on youtube that's like in four minutes it just goes through it so you know okay this stuff happened oh. uh and then i queued up uh origin of harley quinn mm-hmm. um and then i queued up uh the trailer for this movie so just to kind of you know sort of get her in the right place to like absorb what what we were about to watch right. and even at that i was like holy shit i was not prepared <laughs> for this <laughs> Sorry, I should have done more prep work. Didn't know. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah. Um, my number one favorite moment from the entire movie, I have listed in my notes here as Bloodsport with Infinity Superhero Landings. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I would agree. With him, with each level of that building crumbling down to the next one and him just like, boom, superhero landing. Boom, superhero landing. Boom, superhero landing. I was like, this is amazing. This is the best thing ever. I can hear Deadpool. Like, uh, that was my favorite moment of the, of the movie. Yeah. That's such awesome. A, yeah, such a geeky thing to do. It's, it's just a weird movie, Ray. It's just <laughs> a weird movie. Like, your, your comment, that was fucking bananas, that pretty much just, like... You have to step away after watching it and go, what What did I just, I don't understand. Yeah. Like, I think it's James Gunn unfiltered is what it is. Yeah. Yeah. This this is where they chose to not filter somebody. This this is the movie. <laughs> right? We couldn't leave, we couldn't leave, uh, uh, what's her name in Wonder Woman 2 alone. Oh, <laughs> like, God. Um, uh, what, uh, I, I feel... 
it's going to be really interesting to see how Guardians 3 shapes up, knowing that he's heading back to the MCU after this experience to, to do another film with that team. Right. You know, I'm curious to see if this has had any effect on his approach to storytelling, on his decision making, anything like that. I, I don't know. I feel, I feel like this was summer camp for him. Huh. I feel like this was like, you're letting me do what now? And I can do it. Oh, okay. Yeah. Do you do you realize what you're? That he looks at the other movies. He's like, okay. Yeah. No, I'm good. Yeah. Like huh. there's nothing because there's not because let's be honest. There's nothing he could have done that would have been worse than Suicide Squad. There's nothing he could have done that would have been worse than Superman versus Batman. Like he, like they they gave him that they went go nuts. We trust you. Have fun. And that's what he did. Hmm. Hmm. Yeah. Um, any any other any parting thoughts? No, I think I think that's it for me. How about you? Uh, well, I know that this movie underperformed in the box office, but uh, you know, I don't know how much of that is the movie's fault. Yeah, no, that's true because we don't even know. I mean, the box office is what is the box office these days? Yeah, exactly. Like, is the box office ever going to be something that we go by the way we did in the past? I think, well, I don't think we're going to go by that, but I also don't know that we're going to have this constant release strict direct to TV on everything for Mm. too much longer. I think once, once people get vaccinated, put on their freaking masks and we can get out of this COVID hell. um, I think, I think people will be like, Oh hell no, we're not releasing this directly to streaming that doesn't make us enough profit. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I think HBO did publish that Suicide Squad was like the most viewed streaming movie on the platform since I don't know what. And it's like all of these streaming platforms are so secretive about their numbers and stuff <laughs> that it's like, well, what does that mean? You know, like, what does that mean in terms of revenue? What does that mean in terms of like, you know, a translation from box office? Like, yeah, it's just all up in the air now. Yeah. So I don't know, but you know, it, like it, it was it was an entertaining couple of hours, and <laughs> it, it gave us some content to talk about because wow. <laughs> Do you think there's any rewatch value to this movie? I will not watch this movie again. Like I, I don't watch I don't watch most movies twice because I just don't have the time. But yeah. there's so many other movies I would rather go back and watch than this one. And it's not that, I, again, I, I don't dislike this movie. I don't want that to ever come out because I, I can't say I love it, but I don't dislike it. Yeah. Where does this rank for you in the DCEU movies we have so far? Um, I would say probably right below. Um, I would say you got... God, I can't even. <laughs> I can't even pick number one. You gotta put one at the top, Joe. Ah, uh, I gotta put say, one at the top. All right, I'm gonna say Wonder Woman, then Aquaman, then Man of Steel, then this. Ooh, that that okay. just just like forced that quickly. That's what my that's what my rundown is. Yeah, yeah. I got Man of Steel far and away number one. I've got uh, Aquaman at number two, and I think I have this at number three. Okay. But it's but honestly, like one is far away from two, and I think two is pretty far away from three. <laughs> you know, there's there's steep drop off after three for sure. 
Yeah, we're with. I feel like it's funny. You do the Marvel movies, and you're like, "Ooh, like I'm going to agonize between position five and position six for a week and a half." <laughs> yeah, yeah. Actually, you know what? I might, I might put this after Zack Snyder's Justice League. I think that's three. No, I, I can't think that's do that. For me. I can't. Yeah. Do that. The, no. the, you know, I watched it. I didn't sit and watch it all at once. So the link does it. It's not something that I have in my memory as like a super negative thing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I think I, and, and I mean, Man of Steel is one of my favorite comic book movies. So right. I, know, I know that's a comic book. Have, have you seen, have you seen the, like, there's a whole batch of videos online where they're Marvel movies if uh, directed by. Zack Snyder. No. Have you seen those? What? Oh, it's great. It's like they changed the saturation on the color. Oh, no. So it's all like really dark, weird colors. And then, um, and then like anytime there's a big explosion or something, they play ultra dramatic music and slow everything down. And they take oh. all humorous monologue or all humorous dialogue out completely. Dude, I have never Googled something so fast. What if Zack Snyder directed a Marvel movie? What if Zack Snyder directed Avengers Affinity Avengers Affinity War? Oh, this is great. I'm definitely gonna watch some of these tonight. Yeah. You're you're welcome. You're welcome. Nice. Uh okay, man. We got the Suicide Squad. It's there. It's done. All right. The plan currently is that next week we will be doing our our podcast with Raven. Mm-hmm. We we had some some scheduling conflicts, but we I think are back on track. Mm-hmm. Um, and because we've got you know we want to vent because <laughs> we can't have nice things. And uh, um, and at some point soon we're going to be discussing what if as well. Yes, probably not next week. I think we'll give it two weeks, and yes. then so that'll probably be the one after it. Great shoutouts. Um, I do. You know, no, man. Shout out to my cats. That's all I've really been. <laughs> I haven't really been interacting with anybody. Like, <laughs> they're the best. Well, I- I am going to be interacting with a bunch of people from the Geek to Geek Network doing the um, extra life. Uh, Dungeons and Dragons stream on August 21st. I believe it is 11 Pacific, 1 Central, I think are the times that they're putting out there. Mm. Uh, Lindsay's part of it. Todd's part of it. Um, Bama is, Bama Shocks is our GM for the day. And I think Beige is a maybe at this point. But those I think are the people that are participating. So if you want to see, if you want to see a bunch of us uh, play Dungeons and Dragons for a couple of hours, it's going to be a one shot, and it's to raise charity for Extra Life or money for Extra Life, which is a charity to help kids. So that's what we're doing. Very cool. Yeah. Uh, all the music in this episode is by Ben Sound is being used under Creative Commons license. You can find more music by Ben Sound at bensound.com. Geektitude is a proud member of the Geek2Geek Network. Check out other Geek2Geek shows such as the Geek2Geek Podcast, Tea Time with Katie and Chelsea, Disney Forever, You Can't Stop Me Loving K-Pop, The Nerdberg Review, JRPGs and Me, Dragon Quest FM, As the Dice Roll, Mating Habits of the Modern Geek, and Sometimes Rob. Also check out our Twitch streamer, streamers, Capsule J, Bamashocks, and Troidal Power, and make sure to join us on Slack or Discord where you can chat with us in real time, and you can find out about Pink... 
uh, Kryptonite, the most offensive Kryptonite in the DC universe. Um, <laughs> you can currently find us at geeked2.com as well as on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, Google Podcasts, and most other podcatchers out there. Please leave us a review and spread the word. If you'd like to contact me, you can send me an email at joehogan at geeked2.com. You can also follow the show on Twitter at Geekitude or me personally at Epic Grays. Ray, where can we find you? You can find me on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at RayVargus3. And if you go to RayVargus3.com, you can see some of my artwork. Awesome. All right, folks. That's been us and all of our <laughs> I feel like our, our thoughts on this movie were as random as the movie itself. <laughs> <laughs> Appropriately. <laughs> yes. But uh, until next time, I hope this week you keep it geek. Geek.